this evening a Halloween treat the house with no locks good evening and welcome once again to our podcast I'm Richard and I'm Gary and these are our incredible stories We are absolutely delighted to have you with us once again. Gary and I have been uh, busy preparing some incredible stories for you on our weekly podcast, which will begin in January. But meanwhile, we've recorded a few special episodes for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, and we've got this special one for you for Halloween. Now, we want to start by expressing our appreciation for your very enthusiastic feedback from our premiere episode about the George With House, you really touched our hearts with that uh, response, right, Gary? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we were so delighted to see how many people had actually listened to the episode, and we were also very excited to see all of the wonderful comments that we received from our listeners. Now, tonight, uh, we thought you might enjoy a very short story, which we'll offer to you as your very own special Halloween treat. Yes, a bonus, so to speak. <laughs> well, but first of all, uh, some follow-up about the George With House. We agree with you that houses which have both a history and legends attached to them are very special. You'll definitely be hearing more about them in upcoming podcasts. Tim Scullion is a, a fellow alumni of the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg. And uh, Tim, he is just a really super talented photographer. And he's also published a phenomenal book, which is titled Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, with Breakthrough Ghost Photography. Now, in his book, Tim shares some fascinating new details about the With House, along with some very awesome paranormal photographs. Now, we can't bring you the paranormal photographs in a podcast, but uh, I recommend this book to you if you'd really like to see some incredible photography. And my advice to you, I think Gary will agree, if at all possible, you need to go visit Colonial Williamsburg and see the George With House for yourself. Yes. In my mind, there, there's no better example of a colonial house that's steeped in both history and legend. So, meanwhile, before you go, I recommend you read Tim Scullion's book, and that title again is Haunted Historic Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. Mm. Now, there were some things that we actually got from the book besides looking at some of his really uh, interesting photographs, and these were news stories that we had not heard about the With House, uh, some modern-day occurrences. Um, we were kind of going off last time some of the uh, stories that you had heard when you visited um, back in the 60s uh, from the, uh, the night guard that worked there and, and some of the stories he had retold you about other people that had worked there. Um, but it seems as though the With House is still very active um, because in the book there are a few little stories about uh, things that have been witnessed by people who are working there now. Uh, one, in fact, uh, happened to take place in the basement, which is now the um, break room for the employees. Uh, a few of the employees were down there having their meal uh, when they had all witnessed uh, this eerie 
winds start to move the papers from a horizontal position to a vertical position. And the weird thing about it is that nobody could feel this mysterious wind. Uh, they didn't feel anything coming from the vents from the air conditioning. There wasn't a draft coming uh, down into the basement. But they all witnessed the same thing, a rustling of the papers, and then them actually rotating into a new direction. And if that isn't strange enough, there was another occurrence that happened uh, during an event that was being planned. The party planner was getting everything set up with the caterer. She had asked uh, him to set up the candles in a, a way that would be appealing uh, for the tables and on the mantles and, and things of this nature. After leaving uh, and returning back, the party planner had noticed that all of the candles had been removed from their original position and placed on chairs. Yes, and, if I recall correctly, uh, he wanted uh, one candle uh, placed in each window. And yes. this happened three different times. Three different times. Yeah. Uh, she put them all in the window and then went downstairs to uh, get the food and bring them up, came back up. Candles were not in the windows. She put them back in the window. And after that second time, that's when the fellow complained to her about her not getting it done. And she told him, look, I've done it twice before. Here, I'll do it again. You know what I find most fascinating? I didn't realize how picky spirits could be about decorations. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't want any light in the window <laughs> that night. <laughs> Apparently not. Maybe that could be a new business, paranormal party planning. <laughs> anyway, um, we do have uh, something very special, don't we? Yes, we do. And... Let me just uh, start off and uh, set you up for this, Gary. Uh, I need to tell folks that this is a story that you will not find anywhere. It's never been published anywhere. It's, it, uh, it was just oral history in the area. Uh, Fifty years ago when I was with the television crew filming a Halloween special, uh, they told us about this house. They told us how to find it, where it was located, deep, 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 deep inside some very dark woods. And fortunately, we were able to locate it. I'm not going to say any more about it because Gary has the, the full story. But I do want you to know that this house truly did exist at one time, if not now, at least back then. And we heard uh, from the natives who really believed what you are about to hear. And now it's time for our story. The House with No Locks. Let me tell you the story of a small home set in the rural backwoods of Gloucester County, Virginia, known to the locals as the House with No Locks. It has a story that will chill you to your bone, and to my knowledge, this story has never been published in any book or magazine but it is infamous with the locals. You see, the story goes that a young couple, just married, had purchased this modest little house that had two bedrooms, a living room, and a kitchen for a very affordable price. It was a fixer-upper, and after putting a lot of time, love, and care into getting it just the way they wanted it, they had happily moved in. And after a few days, they had gotten very comfortable that was until things began to change. You see, one evening, the young couple was fast asleep, but they were awoken quite suddenly by the sounds 
of what some would say sounded like an infant crying. And in the morning when they got up, they had noticed that all of the doors were unlocked and were opened. Night and night again, they would be woken up by the same sound of this crying child. It became unnerving. They had also figured that maybe the locks and the door handles were old and were malfunctioning. So they had put some money into purchasing new doorknobs and new locks, hoping this would remedy the problem. But again in the wee hours of the morning, they would hear the cries. And the doors would all be opened. It got so bad for the couple they could no longer stand the torture every night. They took their personal belongings and their clothes, but left the house fully furnished and abandoned the home. Now, some say that the house is still empty, although I can't say for sure if anybody has bought it now. There could be somebody living in it as we speak, but one thing is for certain. Most people don't stay there for very long. And for good reason. Oh, uh, if you didn't get goosebumps from that one, uh, I don't know what would produce them. Uh, I don't know whether that house still exists today, but I would be willing to bet you those shrill sounds in the night most likely still can be heard. Well, here's, here's a question I have for you. How did you find this house? I mean, you kind of touched a little bit on it in the beginning, but uh, what really happened that you thought, oh, let's go ahead and check out a place where there's a screaming child? Well, it wasn't the easiest place in the world to find, as I mentioned, uh, because we had to leave the main highway, go off on a dirt road for quite a bit of uh, distance, and then uh, leave the park on the dirt road and then uh, traipse into the woods following some directions that had been given to us by somebody who was familiar with that area. And when we arrived at the place, uh, it was a nice looking little frame house, uh, white wood. And it wasn't in, in ruins or anything like that. I mean, uh, you could have uh, moved in and maybe with $1,000 at the most have uh, fixed it up in a week or two and it would have been a very comfortable place to live. But I'll tell you what, um, the doors were open, the locks were unlocked. And so by golly, we went in. And we looked it all over, and I have to tell you, we didn't see anything. Uh, we didn't hear anything unusual, but I always felt that perhaps uh, what the uh, legend uh, was referring to on the shrill voices in the night could have been some of the wildlife, birds or other animals, maybe a fox. Oh, that's true. Um, animals can make sounds that sound very human-like. I know uh, our cat, Midnight, uh, when she was still alive, uh, and we just had our first child, um, my son, uh, she would cry for her food. She would, she knew when it was time to eat, and so she'd start yowling. And there were a lot of times that we thought it was Oliver crying, but it turned out it was the cat. 
And so it was, it was very eerie and very deceptive. Um, but I also remember too, uh, as a kid growing up in New Mexico and staying the night at grandma and grandpa's house, they were only a few miles away from the local zoo. And I remember being very little. And in the evening, I could hear a sound that sounded like somebody screaming for help. And I remember this one particular evening, it, it bothered me so much, I went and got Grandpa and I said, it sounds like somebody's screaming for help. And he said, no, that's, that's not a person. Those are the peacocks that are uh, call, doing their peacock call. And uh, sure enough, it was, but it was just the sound of it and your imagination, it, it made me think, oh my gosh, is there somebody that's in distress? So it is possible that, you know, maybe this family living there uh, was experiencing something like that. And, you know, I, just talking about weird coincidences uh, or, or things that could be explained away, um, you know, a lot of older homes in warmer weather and in colder weather, the door frames actually expand and contract. And, you know, really just talking about it, could it be possible that maybe the weather uh, contributed to the house uh, or the doors coming open on their own? Because I know a few times uh, in our home, the, uh, if the door frame expands uh, because of the wood from uh, warmer weather, then uh, it, comes, it comes open. Yeah, we're always looking for some natural explanation mm. for some of these things. And I will point out that the instances you mentioned, Gary, you were living in a populated neighborhood, and do you see how it freaked you out? Yeah. These folks were living miles from any other person mm -hmm. in the middle of this deep, dark woods. So I would imagine anything you heard in an environment like that would have been magnified a hundred times over in terror, mm -hmm. because uh, there was uh, you know nobody nobody within miles of these people. Well. As far as I know, uh, I don't know whether the house is still there. It may have been torn down after these many years. But one thing I can tell you for sure, Gary, the shrill sounds in the night most likely can still be heard. Oh, creepy, creepy, creepy. Well, I don't want to be the person to find out. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And this was our incredible story. Happy Halloween, everybody!